following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Episode 767 of I Doubted Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollam. We're joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, and some other stuff. Brittany Page, everybody. <laughs> well, we're about a week out at this point before the move. From the move. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. It's also stressful. I think we're managing it okay. We had a farewell gathering, is what we called it, this weekend, which was fun, right? Yes. It, well, I'm adjusting my microphone. It's not hesitation. Well, I'm, it's it's uh, all kinds of shits going on right now. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was um, I think we mentioned it before that it was first. It was just if you're fully vaccinated and then shit started popping off with the Omicron. And we announced that if you had to be boosted to show up mm-hmm. and people dropped out, there were some unexpected uh, illnesses or scares they weren't sure they ended mm-hmm. up t- testing negative and then some people just they hadn't gotten boosted yet so we didn't get to see them mm-hmm. that's a bummer mm-hmm. but you know a fair amount of people showed up and uh it was an absolute barn burner mm-hmm. it was a good time yeah and we also be- because i feel like we're living in two different worlds right now similar to when the pandemic started where things were really bad in new york city And we were here on the West Coast like, oh, is this a sign of things to come? And it was, and it is right now, but we're we're behind the curve a little bit, or at least we feel like we are because the first recognized case of Omicron was just, what, like two days ago in Orange County? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's a headline that you saw, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we know what's coming, but we had debated. We're like, should we cancel it? Uh, okay, well, let's let's have everyone have their boosters. And then we decided because I was losing my mind reading all the tweets from people in New York City and Washington, D.C. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to open all the windows so that it's a well ventilated space, Mm -hmm. because that's one of the guidelines that they're they're saying. If you're going to gather indoors, ensure that people are vaccinated, boosted, and then that it's a well ventilated space. Yeah. 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 And luckily enough. It's not, you know, 35 degrees or 10 degrees outside. Well, it is for some Californians, but I think everyone... it feels like that. Yes, for some Californians, but I think (laughs) that everyone at the farewell gathering managed pretty well. Look, we turned the heat on initially to like 71, and I was ready to walk around in my underwear within 10 (laughs) minutes. It was too hot in the house. It did get pretty hot. So... Yeah. Especially when you start piling in people. Mm -hmm. So that was a good time. Um, we're looking forward to the move. It is really, now it's a reality. Yeah, for sure. So remember, we are canceling the Patreon hangout for this month because we're going to be moving in a week and the holidays are obviously this week. So those are typically in poor attendance anyway. So we are doing an end of the year mailbag episode that we're going to release next week, but we want to record it this week. So we want to get those questions in ASAP. So this is like an AMA. Ask us anything. I guess AUA. Ask us anything. 
<laughs> it doesn't have to be about politics. It can be about our move to D.C. Whatever you want to ask, just send us some questions so that we can fill an episode, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. We, yeah. we don't want to leave, be gone for, for a bunch of time without doing something. Yeah. And that, that that's a way for us to put an episode out, bank an episode, and then release it. Uh, during the move while we're, while we're out. Yep, so yep. we would very much appreciate if you would participate in that. The ask us anything. <laughs> 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email, and we encourage this, email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So thank you for joining us today. And before we move on with a whole bunch of follow-up, a word from today's sponsor, Aura. Preparing for each show, we spend a ton of time online in order to keep up with the latest news and current events. Given that you are listening to this, a podcast, chances are you spend a fair amount of time on the internet as well. Regardless of how careful we think we're being about our personal information when surfing the web, we have all entered sensitive data at some point online. Our home address, our phone number, our family members' names, our banking information... Once this data leaves your fingertips, who knows what can happen to it? Aura knows, and that's why we're excited to have them as the sponsor of this podcast. Aura is the digital security solution you have been looking for. A one-stop shop for protecting all of your online accounts, internet connections, and devices. For as little as $10 per month, Aura will block malware, manage your passwords, alert you to any appropriations of your online information, and so much more. Go to Aura.com forward slash I doubt it. Or click the link in the podcast notes to save up to 40% off all Aura plans right now. Sign up with Aura and they will be by your side 24-7 to guide you through any and all digital concerns via their U.S.-based customer support team. And all Aura plans come with $1 million in identity theft insurance in case of any losses. The more time we spend online, the more vulnerable our information is to attack. But it doesn't have to be. Protect your internet security with Aura. Click the link in the podcast notes or head to Aura.com forward slash I doubt it and save up to 40% off all of their plans. And again, thanks to Aura for sponsoring this episode. And once again, it will be in the show notes, but it is A-U-R-A.com slash I doubt it. That is it. All right. Moving on. Got a lot of follow up. But not really, a, well, I guess the whole entire episode could be considered follow-up. <laughs> That's sometimes how it works with the news, though, because it just keeps rolling. <laughs> it's not stopping in between two episodes a week. But there is some good news and are, some bad news. Are you talking about on the, Louis, the Lafayette City Judge front, Odenay? Yes. Yeah. There is some good news on that front, and that is the fact that Judge Odenay is going to be replaced... Um, in the wake of her using the N-word and all the nonsense that we talked about last time. We now know who will replace Lafayette Parish Judge Michelle Odenay. In the last hour, the state Supreme Court announced it is appointing retired Opelousas Court City Court Judge Vanessa Harris as judge pro temp. Her appointment is in effect until February 28th. Now, here's what we know about Judge Harris. She received her bachelor's degree in computer science from Southern University. Then she earned her law degree from the Southern University Law Center. After spending some time in private practice, she served for 20 years as the assistant district attorney for St. Landry Parish. In 2009, she was the first woman and first African-American to serve as Opelousas City Court judge. 
He served in that role until she retired in December of last year. Now, all of this comes after the Supreme Court disqualified Judge Odenay from all of her job duties effective immediately. Today, the state Supreme Court approved her motion to go on unpaid leave, not for three weeks, but indefinitely. This comes after video surfaced of Odenay and her family making racist remarks. Associate Justice uh, Jefferson Hughes disagrees with today's ruling, and in his dissent, he says, quote, while I condemn the language reported in the media, at this point, all we have are media reports. I would like to see some hard facts as to who said what and when the situation did not happen in a vacuum. Two days ago, we spoke with Odenay's attorney who confirmed Odenay acknowledges it is her voice heard in the video using racial slurs. Associate Justice has a lot to say. He wants to see the hard facts, like Michelle Odenay saying that she was on a sedative, and that is why she was talking like that. I guess the hard facts of her admitting that she was the one who said what she said. I get maybe he wants to see the prescription for the sedative, the 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 race, the racist inducing sedative. I what? Well, it's racist making excuses for racist. And I don't know if that guy is. But let me tell you, if that's your attitude, uh, when you hear the tape, when there's a tape, it's not a report. We don't need the media to report. We have the tape. We've listened to her and her family. We've heard them chuck chuckle it up. We heard them use the language. And then we, we know that she says, oh, I don't remember it, but I was on a sedative. Oh, that's not how we live our lives. It's an open and shut deal here. I know. She doesn't need to be in a position adjudicating anything, sitting in judgment over other people. So this is great news because she was originally requesting unpaid leave. It sounds like for three weeks, they said. And now that is indefinite. And she has been replaced, at least until the, the new year. So I'm happy that community activists really went hard on this. And yeah. they did. And she's not, she's not going to stay put. And that's good because that's one... Uh, one less racist judge in the world handing down unequal sentences and ruining people's lives. It, it Listen, the, the, the thing, the overarching thing for me is that if you're in a position of authority, like if you're a cop or a judge or anything like that, you, you should be held to a, not a normal standard, the, a higher standard of behavior because you hold people's fates in your hand. It, it's just, it's, like I don't know what the, the the Supreme Court judge, this Louisiana Supreme Court, the Associate Justice, that guy, that's a problem for me. It's just a a galaxy brain take. Yeah, can we investigate him? Also, is it one fewer? Because when I said one less one racist less what? judge, yeah, it would be one fewer. Yeah, uh, I knew it didn't feel right. I uh, see. I can't explain when fewer is used over less, but it just doesn't feel right when I use it. It, Let me use my layman explanation for it. Okay. If it's a number, Mm -hmm. not an amount, like it's, uh, if it's like uh, at the express lane in the grocery store, 15 items or, it always says less. Yeah. 15 items or less. That's wrong in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It should be 15 items or fewer. Okay. But if you have... um, an amount of something. Yeah, like what? Like, <laughs> you keep saying an amount, well, but I need an example. Like, let's say um, uh, eight ounces. I guess that could be fewer, too. I can't think of one. Oh, look at you. See, it's but that's kind of what happens for me. Is well, if I you have can't... a bunch, if you have a bunch of apples, yeah. it's not 
uh, a, a bunch fewer. It's less. You have less apples than you w- once had. Like okay. if you eat half the apples, yeah. now you have less. Okay. Because it's an amount. Okay. There are probably hundreds of people laughing at our stupidity right now all across the world. Well, we... We're trying, everybody. Give us a break. 767 <laughs> episodes in, and we're trying to make sure that we're communicating effectively. It's very important. Yes. Yes. All right. More follow-up. Well, actually, let's let's drop the phone number. 657-464-7609. Email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. That can be for this Odinay situation, uh, any of the other topics we talk about during this episode, but also, again, a reminder for the mailbag episode. So, Build Back Better is, I don't know, the, the White House is doing some last-ditch effort to like resurrect it and then have more negotiations going. But effectively, Joe Manchin, I keep, because it's Joe, I want to say Joe Biden. Joe Manchin killed it, made the decision to go on Fox News, no less, and kill it. We're going to talk about that on the other side. But first, Patreon midroll. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Adam T. Adam T. Keon S. Keon S. Douglas C. Douglas C. And Hillary H. Hillary H. And we would like to give a shout out to Fire for E. Fire for E. For more than doubling the pledge. Yeah, so Very great. fantastic. So all the new Patreon supporters, you will be getting a magnet. I'm going to be sending those out. We did get some messages over the past week of people saying that, you know, they're not sure if the address thing didn't work out or whatever, but they didn't get their magnet. So if that is the case for you and you feel like you should have had your magnet by now and you have not received it, message us on Patreon and we'll get that all sorted out and ensure that you get your magnet because we want you to get your end of the year Patreon gift. And definitely message on Patreon so we can do the cross-checking and then cross you off the list through the mechanisms within Patreon. Yeah, because that happened where someone emailed and their name wasn't connected to their Patreon account. And so I was searching their name and Patreon couldn't find them. And then when they sent me the message from Patreon, I was able to figure it out. But, you know, sometimes you don't put your real name on Patreon. Sometimes like people... Like fi- Fire for e I'm sure, is not there. Yeah. People, real. Well, some people, I think, protect their identities online more than we do, for example. <laughs> and so <laughs> we respect that. But just yeah, message yeah, yeah. us from Patreon because it's easier. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for all your support. Uh, over the course of these last eight or so years, it has been... Um, a beautiful thing to 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 experience and witness the the community that's built up around this show, and it is is growing on a daily basis, and it's allowed us to to grow the operation enough to move to D.C. and you know we're we're hoping to to take you there with us. All right, we love you guys. Moving on. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. 
So like you were talking about, Senator Joe Manchin and President Joe Biden did reportedly speak on Sunday night after he went on Fox News and made his appearance with Brett Baer. I think Brett Baer temporarily filling in for... Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, thank you is so much. Is that what it is? It's what, that's what it looked Fox like. News Sunday. That's what it looked like. Yeah, well, listen, well, one, it bothers me a lot that he... It's not just a coincidence that he's on Fox News and announces this. Things like this don't happen in politics by coincidence. It, this is this is by design. It was engineered this way. And the fact that he's appearing with Brett Baer, who's palling around with, with Donald Trump a few Thanksgivings ago at Mar-a-Lago. There's pictures of him on Instagram. It's just it just smacks of, uh, at the very least, disrespect. Mm-hmm. And at the most, it's a big fuck you to Democrats everywhere. Yeah. And so they are evidently continuing the conversation, continuing the negotiations that they could resume some sort of negotiation about what Build Back Better will look like in the new year. That is what is coming out today. But we're going to take you back and kind of work up to today because we want to start with Joe Manchin, hear from him in his own words, why he decided to say no to Build Back Better. Well, Brett, you know, this is a mammoth piece of legislation, and I had my reservations from the beginning when I heard about it five and a half months ago, and I've been working diligently every day and every minute of every day. I've been working on this, meeting with whether it be the president, President Biden, whether it be Majority Leader Schumer and his staff, whether it would be with Nancy Pelosi, uh, all of my colleagues, I mean, from all different spectrums of the political spectrum, if you will, from the right to the left, I've done everything humanly possible. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns, and where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory, it's real, it's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills, all of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and, you, and you start looking, and then, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant, uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is this is a no. This is a no on this legislation. I have tried everything I know to do. So he has tried everything that he knows to do. And how is he supposed to go back to West Virginia and say, you know, listen, I know the child tax credits are going to be expiring and your student loan payments are due and inflation's really bad. But the deficit is like really serious. And that's the most important thing to me. And also just ignore the fact that I voted for a seven hundred sixty eight billion dollar military budget during peacetime. Don't worry about that. Don't look at that. I I wasn't concerned with inflation with that. Mm -hmm. With an almost $0.8 trillion one year appropriation for the defense budget. No, 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 not that. Don't look at that. Mm -hmm. Because this other much smaller thing is uh, a no-go for me. So fuck you and your kids and your families. But uh, 
Ura Marine Corps, I guess. Yeah. So, of course, the response to this was swift and it was strong. And the first response that I saw to it was Senator Bernie Sanders on with Jake Tapper. And Bernie Sanders had a perfect response to this because he really gets to the heart of what Joe Manchin is failing to do for the American people. We have a corrupt political system dominated by big money interest. And finally, some of us are saying, let's stand up for working families. Average workers not seen a pay raise in inflation accounted for dollars in 45 years, while the rich are becoming phenomenally richer. Corporate profits are at an all-time high. And what some of us are saying, maybe, maybe, we'll stand up for working families for a change. But apparently, we don't have the 50 votes that we need. And I think we take that message right into the 2022 campaigns, which party, with the exception maybe of one or two people. Which party is prepared to do the right things for the elderly, for the children? And by the way, we talk about kids. I want everybody out there to know, if this mansion votes no, those $300 tax credits that have gone a long way to reducing childhood poverty in America, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's over. We cut childhood poverty by over 40%. An extraordinary accomplishment. Mansion doesn't want to do that. Tell that to the struggling families of West Virginia and America. So he's you're you're suggesting he doesn't have the guts to stand up for working families and to take on uh, the moneyed interests. If Senator Manchin were here, he would say my state is a state that voted overwhelmingly for Donald Trump. What I'm doing and going after and opposing this legislation will be popular. And Manchin has said he thinks no, all uh, all this no. money, he, he's saying all this money look, is going to make, make inflation worse. Uh, <laughs> I t- well, let me talk about it. Joe Manchin voted for a huge increase in military spending. Manchin voted for an infrastructure bill, which added $250 billion to the deficit. The truth of the matter is that if you look at the military budget, $770 billion, Times that by 10 years, it is four times higher than what the Build Back Better plan is. Now, you know, Mr. Manchin says he's representing the people of West Virginia. Okay, why don't you do a poll? It's CNN, do a poll. And you ask the people of West Virginia whether or not they want to lower the cost of prescription drugs. You ask them whether they want to expand Medicare to cover dental, hearing, and eyeglasses. You ask them whether they want to continue the $300 payment to help working parents in these very difficult times, bring up their kids with dignity. Ask them if they want to deal with climate change. Mm -hmm. On all of those issues, I suspect people of West Virginia, like every other state in this country, will say, yes, do the right thing for working families. Is there a... And I challenge. You know, I told Manchin, by the way, I'll pay for the damn poll in West Virginia. Well, Bernie, you don't have to pay for the poll. And CNN doesn't have to pay for the poll. The poll has been done. Because I have a poll from Data for Progress, and they surveyed 348 likely voters in West Virginia. So it's a little bit of a smaller sample size. This is from August 2021. And this is the question that they asked. Some lawmakers in Congress are proposing a $3.5 trillion investment plan. This plan would expand Medicare benefits and make health care, child care, and long-term care for seniors and people with disabilities more affordable. This plan would also invest in clean energy and extend tax cuts for most families with children. Do you support or oppose this investment plan? Okay, a lot of detail. Yeah. A lot of information. A thorough explanation. 
And the finding was that 56% of Republicans supported this. 56% of Republicans. That is correct. Not just West Virginians in general. West Virginia likely voters, 68% supported. Now, that support is broken up into strongly support and somewhat support. But even if we look at Republicans there, 34% strongly support and 22% somewhat support. So that's just, again, looking at Republicans. If we look at Democrats, of course, 90% of Democrats support support that. So when you're looking at, like Bernie Sanders was just talking about, West Virginia voters, he's right. They support what is in Build Back Better. Well, listen, there was a mandate from the people during the presidential election. Joe Biden won uh, decidedly over Donald Trump, over 81 million votes. In fact, Joe Biden got just about, just under, but we'll just put it, over 80 million votes votes more than uh, Joe Manchin got in his election. Joe Manchin got 290,510 votes. It wasn't a runaway when he beat the Republican in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So a man who represents not even a third of a million people or was voted for by them, he represents more than that, Mm -hmm. is making the decision to undercut the agenda of a president with a clear mandate and i mean this just in from joe manchin hello poor he doesn't give a fuck Mm -hmm. because the defense bill no qualms no consternation no oh i've really tried i've I've thought about it oh yeah brett bear how was your time with with president trump at the mar-a-lago brother was it a good time Ugh, just It's just gross that he's leaving his own constituents in the lurch while being represented by um, fossil fuel industry money when a lot of the tax cuts or the the tax incentives in this bill were for electric vehicles, which he opposes ardently because it doesn't line his pockets with millions of dollars per year from the coal business, which he's up to his neck in, personally invested in. Not great. Yeah. There are other Democrats, though, who are taking him to task, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Including AOC. On with Morning Joe. Well, I think uh, what Senator Manchin did yesterday represents such an egregious breach of the trust of the president. And it's also, you know, this is exactly why uh, it's an outcome that we had warned about um, well over a month ago about needing to plan a contingency plan for it. It's why we insisted on having the bipartisan infrastructure plan coupled and passed together uh, with the Build Back Better Act. But I think right now we are at a juncture where it's not really about, I think, uh, being angry. I mean, of course, we have every right to be furious with Joe Manchin, but it's really up to leadership in the Democratic Party uh, who, you know, made the decision to get us to this juncture and how we're going to move forward. And I think right now that uh, leader, Democratic leadership has a, a very large number of tools at their disposal, the president particularly. And it's really about time that, you know, we take the kid gloves off and we start using them to govern for working families in this country. Well, you can tell AOC was getting ready to pull a U with me when you do your classic. <laughs> classic what? What, what do quite, you mean? Not quite this. Oh. But, oh, the, but uh, this also fits. The ITYS. I was going to talk about ITYS. I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> and she did. 
She did, but she, well, she was like starting a sentence and then she kind of backed away from it. But she was getting ready to say that the reason she voted no on the infrastructure bill. And you remember back in November when six House Democrats progressives voted against the bill, there was some controversy over their decision to do that. Right. But it's because of what is happening now, because they didn't trust that right. this was going to actually go through because it was supposed it was trust us trust us trust us mansion would say mm-hmm. uh cinema would say we got to vote for this infrastructure thing trust us that this other thing is going to happen we're going to we're going to get through this we're going to make it happen and here we are and he's going on fox news with brett bear to say fuck you well no. and, and also don't let president biden off the hook no. which is where aoc is now focusing her energy because she's saying if if this is going to be the case and you gave us your word that that joe manchin was going to come through on this now it's on you because you gave us your word that this was going to get figured out and so i think what she's doing is encouraging him to take executive actions what it sounds like to me on things like student loans for example yeah and here she is in another clip talking about what exactly is at stake If we do nothing, if this doesn't pass, that there are real consequences for real Americans who are struggling in the midst of a an unprecedented in our lifetime global pandemic. And there's so many moving parts here that cannot be ignored for people who need the help. Well, you know, I think, as I said earlier, when we were in negotiations, originally the entire country's infrastructure plan was in one bill. And this bill could be passed with with all Democratic votes. Uh, it was a decision to separate these two bills and just break apart uh, one part that which was this, quote unquote, bipartisan infrastructure plan that has a lot of fossil fuel subsidy gifts, giveaways of which Manchin is a, a known ally of the fossil fuel industry um, and then separate the chi- the extension of child tax credits, separate the, the real actions that are going to protect us from climate change into the Build Back Better Act. Now, when that decision to separate and to advance uh, the, the bipartisan infrastructure bill happened, some of us took umbrage with that. And uh, the president did say that uh, that the bipartisan, I mean, rather, that the Build Back Better Act was promised um, and that, you know, he's got it. And we said, you know, with respect uh, to the president, he can't, no one uh, can really be, promise a, a mansion vote. And so we need to really figure out what the solution is, because at the end of the day, when the clock strikes midnight on New Year's, we are talking about millions of families in the United States having their child tax credits expire. The president uh, made the announcement just this past week that he does not have an intention on extending the student loan deadline. And both of these things, in addition to the untenable situation of voting rights in this country, All three of these things are completely unacceptable. And so what we really need to do is, I think, is have folks that really, you know, our leadership needs to step up. And I think that we can do that. Uh, I, I do not believe that the situation is beyond repair, but it's going to take a different kind of thinking to get out of it than it did to get into it. I'm especially concerned about this child tax credit thing Mm -hmm. because Some 36 million households are now uh, recipients of that money. It has, uh, Bernie said 40% 40 decreased child poverty by 40%. I've seen the figure of 30%. We'll just say 30%. 
So what Joe Manchin is willing, he's accepting, he's promoting, is to erase the elimination of 30% of child poverty. Mm -hmm. He wants to bring that back because that's exactly what's going to happen after this month when those payments expire. And it's not like that's being thrown out to all kinds of people with all kinds of money. The cap for a two um, income earning household is $150,000. And that's the top end. So the vast, vast majority who are people who are receiving that money don't make $70,000, $60,000, $50,000 a year. They are in desperate need of that money to feed their children, to clothe their children. But he is telling his buddies on the Hill, this was reported by the Huffington Post, that ah, he's afraid poor people are going to use it to buy drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just fucking hateful, scaremongering nonsense. Yeah, he thought that parents would use the money to buy drugs. He also reportedly said that he was concerned that Americans would fraudulently use their paid sick leave to go hunting. Yeah, to feign being sick and then go on hunting trips, for example. So uh, shows where his head's at, I guess. But that's just not what people are spending their money on. There's data from the U.S. Census Bureau to show that people are primarily spending their child tax credit payments on food, rent and utilities, as well as paying off their debt. So some of the money, sure, goes to a category that's called recreational goods. Four percent. Four percent. Four percent. But and then six percent other. But again, I mean, is Joe Manchin of the mind that poor people should be suffering constantly? Or is it okay if they like take their kid to a movie on their birthday or something? I mean, well, I, I know just, it's a pandemic, but he's just he's bringing into. He's adopting the idea that poor people don't know how to spend their money. And if not for being bad with money, they wouldn't be poor. Mm hmm. Poor people know how much they have in their account. Mm-hmm. Intimately uh, have an understanding of exactly how much money they don't have. You don't need Joe Manchin, Mr. Living on a Yacht guy, to tell a poor person, you need to be better with your money. The reason they're poor is because they don't have money, not because they're spending too much. Yeah. Well, and I actually just today watched a PBS segment on an organization in San Francisco called Miracle Messages. And a lot of these UBI pilot programs that you've been seeing in cities all across the country. Universal Basic Income, UBI. Yes, they are not focused on the homeless population. And so what's interesting about this organization is they are taking UBI to homeless people and they provided 14 unhoused people in San Francisco with $500 a month for six months no strings attached, and 50% of those people obtained housing. Yeah. In San Francisco. Right. So <laughs> so th- this is this is the place where they're like, oh, there's hypodermic needles. Oh, it's drugs, drugs, drugs. Yeah. And, even, and also, San Francisco, I think you put a little stank on it because it's fucking insanely expensive to live there. Yes. And they use $500 to somehow find a place to live. Yes. Yeah. It, well, and it goes straight to your point of what you just said, that they... People know how to use their money yeah. to best meet their own needs. They don't need Joe Manchin, Mr. Living on a Yacht dickhole, to tell them, 
what to and to not spend their money on. Right, right. But of yeah. course, he's he's taking this Republican talking point and and using it. He should have just also promoted that while he was on. And it literally, it literally is a Republican talking point. Remember about a year ago when Chuck Grassley was talking about, oh, they're going to buy booze and go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is just a nonsense Republican uh, screed that they've been screaming about for generations. Yeah. Well, they also found that hunger dropped after these checks went out. And that's according to the Center on Poverty and Social Policy, that because families with kids were receiving these checks, food insufficiency dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is something, again, I mean... It's an obvious result of, of, of poor people having more money. Yes. So this is the interesting thing about Joe Manchin saying this, and this report came out of Huffington Post that he's talking about how poor people are going to buy drugs and try to go on fake hunting trips um, <laughs> is is he's just totally wrong. And I wish there was some way to challenge that. It sounds like the people that are around him, including Bernie Sanders, have tried. Yeah. Tried to convince him. But I think he's always been a no. And he was just looking for attention, looking for... I thought you were going to say he's a nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a nah. Hello, pores. But I think he's... Always been, I think this was always the plan. Yeah. And I think the the progressives that voted no knew that. Yeah, like he's going to be a no no matter what. Like no matter what concessions, they, even if they gave him the pen and said, write the fucking bill yourself, he's not going to do that. Well, well, based on that Politico report that he and Biden are back in talking negotiations, I don't know what they're calling it, but that they are in some sort of conversation about maybe negotiations resuming in the new year. I think that maybe is where it's headed, is it's going to be, okay, what does he want? What does Joe Manchin want it to look like? Yeah. And then what? They just give him whatever he wants. It's just this one dude who gets to completely decide. 290,510 votes. That guy. He gets to decide. And so that's what's He's so, the president. President Joe Manchin. That's what's so important about what AOC is saying. And she's basically encouraging President Biden to use his executive authority to take action on student loans. I believe she's been talking about how he needs to campaign more aggressively against the filibuster, that he really needs to do more we than, don't, than he's doing right now. I think I mentioned this last time, but we're not hearing enough from the mouth of Joe Biden. We're not hearing addresses to the nation on this. Like tonight, he's going to get up and make a statement about the coronavirus or whatever. Hmm. We need to hear from him on this. Mm -hmm. He has his emissaries out there talking about the COVID constantly, whether that be Fauci or the Surgeon General. We don't need to hear from Joe Biden, a non-scientist, about this. We need to hear from him about policy that's going to affect and impact the lives of of millions and millions of millions of Americans who are struggling in poverty right now. Yeah. The fucking messaging from the White House is just bananas. Yeah. Well, and Jen Psaki released a statement after Joe Manchin went on with Brett Baer, but she was also asked about this situation today at the press briefing. Well, I, I would say I think the... A lengthy statement that I issued yesterday outlined pretty specifically um, the events of the last few weeks. And uh, it was important um, to the president and to all of us to make that clear to the American people, um, the status um, and the steps that had been taken. Uh, but I'm not going to relitigate uh, the TikTok of yesterday from here today. Um, I will say that from the president's viewpoint, and I saw him this morning, uh, he's worked with Senator Manchin over the course of decades. Uh, they uh, share fun. 
fundamental values, they're longtime friends. That has not changed. Uh, and what's most on the president's mind is the risk of inaction. And if we do not act to get this legislation done and the components in it, not only will costs and prices go up for the American people, uh, but also we will see a, a, a trajectory in economic growth that is not where we want it to be. And we've seen projections from Goldman Sachs and others today on that front. So he's no stranger to legislative challenges, uh, and we are going to continue to uh, take steps, work like hell to get it done. Go ahead. Does the president feel betrayed by his friends? Uh, I think our statement yesterday made pretty clear what we feel, uh, what was the, uh, the, the factual uh, depiction of events that happened. But again, uh, the president uh, sees Senator Manchin as somebody who is a longtime friend, somebody who has worked well together on, uh, and our objective and our focus now is moving forward. All of this glad-handing, ass-kissing nonsense really grates on me. That they're longtime friends, decades, partners, and blah, blah, blah. No, they're not. They're not that fucking great of friends. Because Joe Biden just got stabbed in the back by his longtime friend, Joe Manchin. Yeah, but we have to play this little game. It's fucking stupid. And they have to do the little dance. Ugh. <laughs> but it's not all. I mean, I was going to play uh, this from Joe Manchin. Hello, poor. But there actually is more. There is something that he said. It... it if all of this has your head ready to explode, if this has your face red and angry, knowing what Joe Manchin has done, this next clip's not going to get you any better. It's going to get worse here. Yeah, because he actually seems to contradict himself. He went on the radio and he made a case for being against Build Back Better because of like a personal vendetta against the White House staff. Like he, he had his feelings hurt. They didn't treat him right. You know me, always willing to work and listen and try. I just got to the wit's end, and they know the real reason what happened. They won't tell you, and I'm not going to. Because wait, I, wait, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. You said you, there is, they know the real reason. They're not going to tell us. You're not going to tell us. What do you mean? What's the real? Well, the so bottom line is there was, there was, there was basically, and it's staff. It's uh, staff driven. I understand staff. It's not the president. It's the staff. And they drove some things, and they put some things out that were absolutely in, in, inexcusable. It, they know what it is, and that's it. So the reason he gave about the budget, about inflation, about this being too expensive and the debt, mm. that's not the real reason. The real reason is the tr staff didn't treat him well. Maybe they released a, something to the media that he didn't like. Mm. That's the real reason that he's opposed to Build Back Better. By his own admission, by his own fucking mouth, that's the real Reason. The reason that he's ultimately going to punish the American people is because he got his little feelies hurt. 36 million households in the United States of America are going to lose their child tax credit because his staff was mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking child. Not a leader. No. Not a United States senator with the best interest of his constituency at mind. Mm -hmm. That was constitui. I <laughs> his constituency. His constituency. <laughs> it's it just, it's so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's so naked and gross that he couldn't even stop himself from saying it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we will see what happens as they apparently continue their conversations. It appears as though Build Back Better will not be passing before Christmas or yeah. before the new year as progressives had predicted. And I'm not going to play the theme song, but Joe Biden is absolutely the asshole of today. It's the asshole of today. Apparently, I'm going to play the theme song. I was going to say, we pretty much just played it. I we, played it. We waited for it to finish. It got played. <laughs> well, we'll see as well what what President Biden decides to do, because there is a lot of pressure on him right now to act and to do something. And if he doesn't, again, this is this is not going to go well. But even It's not going to go well for the midterms, for certain. Exactly. But at the very least, meet your your campaign obligations your your promises that you made joe biden mm-hmm. cancel some student loan debt here here's here's what i'm i get the vibe that a lot of people think that canceling student loan debt is going to ha- help those snot-nosed kids and not the 30-somethings who still have tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt mm-hmm. the the mothers and the fathers and the families who are burdened by student loan debt that they shouldn't have in the first place this isn't a thing for like teenagers that you're going to be helping mm-hmm. these are families with children mm-hmm. that you'll be helping by eliminating student loan debt as it's getting ready to restart right now i got an email that said you want to start an auto pay mm-hmm. ugh yep I'm not giving them my banking information. <laughs> nice try. All right. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. No, not only about this, but also for our Ask Us Anything episode that we will play while we're on the road moving to Washington, D.C. All right. Moving on. Taking care of biz. 988. That's the only thing that I could find to really attribute this taking care of biz segment to. 988 is going to be the new three digit suicide prevention. Oh, like a 911. Yes. Oh, that's great. So that people don't have to remember a lengthy 1 800 number. Obviously, people are probably not even remembering that having to do a search for it if they need it. The National Suicide Hotline, which is like 1-800-222 or something like 223 or... Yeah, it's 1-800-273-TALK-8255. So it's going to be much easier if someone is in a mental health crisis to just dial 988. And today, federal health officials announced more than $280 million to help with the transition from that that 10-digit number to this three-digit number 988. Somewhere in the distance, I can hear Joe Manchin crying about the budget because of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is supposed to be on track starting in July. So there's, there's still a way to go, but they're funneling money toward this because it is a goal for President Biden, for the Biden administration to deliver an on-schedule launch in July. So this is going to be huge. 988 is going to be the number that people can call to get access to immediate crisis counseling with suicide prevention specialists. And this is also kind of an opportunity to improve the way that we respond to mental health emergencies 
period. I mean, this can kind of open the door for models that are in other countries where they can send a mental health response team out to someone who's in crisis. Rather than a cop with a gun who may or may not end up, you know... Have an itchy trigger finger and kill somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good news. So one more thing before we move on from that is that uh, according to AP, the country's largest cell phone companies, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon already support calling 988. Hmm. So. Really good. Again, take care of biz. Yep. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for all of your support during this time of transition. Uh, like we said at the opening, the top of the show, uh, it is sneaking up real quick. We're going to be out of here by the end of the month. Uh, I don't know if the movers show up on the 28th or the 29th or the 30th, but we're going to be leaving either the day after or maybe two days after. And we'll be in D.C. in the first week of the new year. And... uh we're really looking forward to it. Uh, it. It is because of your dedication and your your listenership that we've been able to to do everything we've done. That includes YouTube because of the growth and the the, the passion that you guys have for this show here. So uh, thank you so much. We will see you at the end of the week with episode 768. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt it.